And I think when I listen to this back, when you send this out, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna open up another 14 percenter, dude. And I'm gonna have a drinking contest. And every time we say foundation, I'm gonna take a sip. Wait, did you just say foundation? In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Hello, Ted. It is episode 172, and this might very well be the foundational episode of Trailer Junkies podcast. How are you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I am I am good. I feel like I have a firm foundation under my feet, you know. It's 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 I think it's time to get some beer and and I and I was thinking all week that how how you beat me by half a percent and I said I'm I said I'm not going to let that happen this week. Oh, well, it won't happen tonight. <laughs> I, it won't happen tonight. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Since you it sounds like you have a high ABV so I have like a middle of the road ABV. So how about I go first and then you can. Ah, uh, you go first and I pulled out the big guns, but I got three big guns. I got three big show beers. Okay. Would you like Handy me to Market run today, and go so. get a bigger beer to like challenge you or what? I, I have, I have others. No, no, in the no, fridge. it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Well, drink, drink what you're going to drink. I have time. a, uh, what is this called? It's a, a single hop series, West coast IPA an isolate IPA mosaic. Oh, Nice. You know, a matter of fact, I think Mosaic might be the foundational hop of beer that makes, <laughs> you know, that and Cascade hops might be the foundation of what makes for a fantastic great beer. So, right. But anyway, I have a Mosaic tonight it's and amazing. it's 6.2%. What's the name? What's the name? What's the brewery? Uh, 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 you got, uh, Mosaic. I don't know. What is it? See, that's a, that's a hop. Come on. I know, but it's like, it does all these scientific numbers and stuff. <laughs> well, found ma math is the foundation of society. So <laughs> that <it> is. <laughs> oh God, it's going to get old. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what I'm. Oh, Urban Roots. Urban Roots. Oh, okay. Yeah, Urban Roots is good. Oh, you have had Urban Roots. I've had I've had some Urban Roots uh, brews before, but not not this, not this. Uh... You know, there's like people who live in the urban centers. There's people who live in the rural. Mm -hmm. Some their foundation is laid in the urban, and others their foundation <laughs> is laid in the rural, and some are in the suburbs. I mean, it just is what it is. So, what what's your beer? Okay, so today I have a Modern Times, and you might say like, "Oh, Modern Times, that's pretty run of the mill." No, I would never say it's run of the mill. That's great. Go for it. <laughs> Well, modern times, it, it, it's, it, it's, it feels like ubiquitous. It feels like you could get modern times anywhere. But I, yeah, in like, in like your neck of the woods or my, yeah. <laughs> the dude in like Idaho, probably not. <laughs> but I mean, it's Oregon. So Idaho prob probably gets some Oregon, you know? Yeah, maybe. So sure. this is a, it's a big boy. Oh, yeah. And it's called Cosmic silence cosmic silence because after you drink it you're going to be silent because because you're gonna be passed out it's coming in at let me look at this hold on i i took a i took a screen grab of it because it was a little too small and a red 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 font on a on a black background isn't that how you do it though you take like a photo it and is. then you just blow it up like huge <laughs> on your on your big screen and you're like now i can yeah. read it old man <laughs> exactly so here we go modern times the beer is vegan drum roll for the abv I'm going to say 12.2. Uh, Aha, I blew that out of the water. What? 14%. Okay, nothing I have could have beat that. I think you, <laughs> I think you win for the next three weeks. <laughs> 14. They're not all 14 percenters, but. No, I'm saying that's going to beat me for the next. Like, my cumulative ABV is <laughs> not going to beat that. <laughs> Well, luckily, we, luckily, like football, we reset it every week. So, you know, it's all right. Yeah, fortunately. So tasting notes. Oh, wow. This is 
very good, very sweet. It's a sweeter. Uh, it's a sweeter hop. Sweet, mm, man. <laughs> this is uh, tasty. It's like fruity. It's so mosaic. Oh wow. <laughs> It finishes almost like a grapefruit. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Very good. It's I don't know what yours has or how yours is going to like what what your profile is going to be, but mine I think anchors the citrusal foundation. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, I I was a, I was going to say that mine, you know, it lays a foundation on my palate. Okay. And then it, you know, and then it allows like the the high ABV to kind of pass over it. Wow. So yeah, so it is it is silky. It's silky, but you can taste the alcohol. Like, you know, it's not it's not gonna hide the alcohol, but it has a silkiness to it that lets it slowly caress your palate. And overall, yours is a stout. Is that what it is? It is a blended Imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. Wow. And so stouts, if you think about a stout, especially a high ABV stout, they're more of a winter beer. Mm -hmm. It was hot here today. Yeah. (laughs) What's it like by you temp temp wise? It was pleasant here today. I had the doors open most of the day. You know, (laughs) my wife, Anne came in here uh, this yesterday morning and she's like, you know, it smells out here. It's and I was like, no, I don't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, if it's if it's cool, you should like open up the door. So every morning I come out here, I open up the doors and let it air out with the fresh morning air. And then if if I come in to work after dropping the kids off at school, I leave it open as long as I can until it gets a little warm. But today I left it open all all day. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, but when I say it's hot, believe me, it's like 85 degrees. <laughs> And 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 it's a mountain eighty five. It's like you know at eighty five in the middle of the day, but the minute the sun goes down, it's like sixty. Oh no, our mornings have been like forty degrees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you guys, you guys are crazy. It's like forty. You're like, oh my god, I'm freezing, <laughs> riding to work, coming home. It's like damn near ninety. I'm like sweltering, and then like the sun goes down while I'm cooking dinner, and it's like. It plummets into the 40s and you're just like, what just happened? You know? Yeah, it's like all or nothing. (laughs) Right, right. So we're sitting October 1st, first day of Halloween month. Oh, yes. And you guys are, you know, at Disney and stuff. You guys are out working remote through the end of the year still, correct? We are, I believe so. Eventually, we're going to go back three days a week. And this is like, this is talking January or when is this supposed to happen? I think they're, I think they said October and then when everything started to uptick again, they pushed it off to January. Oh, okay. But nothing, nothing official yet. It's still very, you know, up in the air. But as it is, you're still like doing whatever it is that you do. You're doing all that you do at home, right? Five days remote. Yes, exactly. You know, and I, I mean, I know a lot of the research has come out. I mean, there's like one of the things. So I used to listen to the Freakonomics podcast. We've both read, I think, the yeah. Freakonomics books, or at least one of the books. Well, read. Yeah, read is a generous term. Okay. But yeah, I, I know of okay. the, the, the subject matter. One of the things he said is from a, a an economist point of view or from like a social economist or a sociologist or whatever point of view is uh-huh. sometimes when you do research, you can't put like it's unethical to put people in situations, you know, much like the Stanford prison experiment of of like 72 or whatever that was right oh god i love that one yeah 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 (laughs) so you can't do these experiments because they're just unethical to to treat people inhumanely to look for outcomes you might wish to see or not wish to see or or whatever but but to in defense in defense of the stanford uh experiment didn't they just give them two different colored shirts and that was enough to set off this this prison riot kind of thing. No, 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 no. Let the psychologist fill you in on all this. <laughs> tell, tell, you know, as I read a tweet about this study, and you probably read the study itself. Tell me, tell me about this thing. <laughs> I've probably written papers on this study, but. <laughs> 
No, just the brief synopsis was they went through the Stanford campus and what they said was like, we're looking for people for this study. And they wanted to see how power would play out in, in, in environments. And they had people who were specifically designated as prison guards and they had prison guard uniforms mm-hmm. and there were people who were designated as inmates and they had inmate uniforms and the inmates knew who the inmates were and the prison guards knew who the who the prison guards were and it, i forget the guy's name like Zor, it, start, it starts with a z uh you'd have to look it up for me while i'm talking but yeah okay anyway so what it was is it was like the first two or three days, they all were just kind of figuring out, like, why are we here and why are we in this study? And then it was about a week later, all of a sudden, the prison guards like took on this this thing of power and they just started like treating these inmates as just like these horrible human beings and everything. And a matter of fact, I did do a paper on this. <laughs> Come on, you got you got his name. It's like it's like the thing that cleans the ice. Zamboni? <laughs> Zambardo. Yeah, Zamboni. Zambardo, Zambardo. I knew it. I was close. <laughs> I was close. Yeah, I knew there was a Z. But I I remember doing a paper on this right when Abu Ghraib happened. Oh, no. And I did a comparison contrast thing in graduate school with Abu Ghraib and like this Stanford prison experiment and like power plays and whatever it was. And yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. But that's how I know about it you know, from, from that. But anyway, so there's this, this power dynamic that plays out, you know, and I mean, what even got me talking about this? A matter of fact, this might be (laughs) one of the foundational experiments, the foundation (laughs) that has to do with the ethics. Oh yes. Of uh, human experimentation. And when you're looking at COVID and, and such, People look at, at things that happen in society and then they extrapolate data off of this stuff because they can't put people in these things. But sometimes society presents you with with opportunities to study an opportunity. Exactly. To study how people behave when a pandemic occurs. You can't lay a pandemic on society to see what they're going to do. But when one happens, let the society <laughs> Get your get your pencils out start, and figure out start sharpening. <laughs> yeah, and and then you you wind up with this foundational research, and it's just so amazing how this stuff happens. So other than that, other than that, so what else is going on with you? Other than that, not much. I mean, kid taking the kids to school. Um, Anne is Anne is feverishly trading in the stock market, and she's like, oh god. She's doing it. She's got the boiler room up there. When I go up for lunch, you know, all the guys are chatting about like, oh, catch this. Catch this. It's a hot. It's a runner. It's it's uh. running up. It's running up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Talk about FOMO. How could you not jump into these things? And she goes, oh, the time's not right. The time's not right. And she's. Dude, I'm a buy and hold guy. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. But she she's uh, she's learning her craft. And it's it's amazing. There's there's so many tools like you you would think the way that she's trading now it's like she's on the floor of this is actually it's more it's more it feels more chicago based because you know i'm doing the option stuff and she's doing like the the day trading uh, but it's it feels like D- TD Ameritrade's run out of Chicago, and the guys that we're we're in classes with they're in Chicago, so it's very Chicago centric, you know, all Central Time Zone and stuff. So it's it's fun to to hear that and to go through the stuff, and you know, she's 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 doing she's doing a a good job. It's 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 amazing how it can really be. You can really craft some some stuff out of it like the stuff that she starts you know she's now talking about this whole realm of uh style of trading that is beyond me and i'm she's making me sweat happy (laughs) that it is you know yeah i mean other than that though i mean you're just going to town like making money hand over fist (laughs) buy low sell high like you know right (laughs) so the buy low sell high that's that's the regular trading but the option trading is phenomenal because there's so many more levers to the trade. God, don't even tell me. I don't even need to know. Yeah. So basically, you're 
you're trading it it's the fantasy football of the stock market it's oh, a it's a whole worse. exchange that exists on top of the stock market so you can you can trade and you can sell and you can buy on speculative stock prices in the future so you could say in 2 weeks it could be worth $20 more how much is that willing and then there's a volatility index there's a there's a standard deviation there's two two standard deviations and and you just and there's a math formula that these guys won. Um, what do you call it? What are the what are the what's the prize? What's the big? Uh, I don't know. Swiss prize or whatever. It's the Swedish prize. What is it called? What's what's the big prize over the whole world that everybody wants one? All the scientists want them. Uh, the X prize. All the economics want to win. I don't know. No, they want to win the no the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, the, the Nobel Prize. Okay. The Nobel, the Nobel Prize. So they the guys who invented this. You know what? I've been to the. No, the the Nobel Museum in Stockholm. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So the guys who invented this this derivatives market for options trading, they won. I think they won the Nobel Prize. If I'm wrong, wow. you know, we'll figure wow. it out. But yeah, it's an, it's you know you can you have all the Greeks that you base this stock price in the future on, and then you can trade on the underlying on the on the actual stocks underneath. But anyway. It's fun. Wow. Yeah, it's fun until you start losing your ass, you know? <laughs> okay, the past couple weeks or the past week, whatever, of the stock market has been like up and down. Is that like freaking you guys out or? Because of the way that, so yeah, it, it freaks out people that are buying holders because when you buy and hold and then you're you're just in this chop, you know, you're in the choppiness. But you can you can find opportunities to make money in both, you know, both in in the volatility of of day trading and options trading. Option trading, you can you can set up, you know, uneven. What is it? Unbalanced butterfly, broke unbalanced broken wing butterflies, which is easy for you, know, you, you to put together say. a bunch of different trades, and <laughs> and it and it straddles like the the stock price. So if the price goes up and goes down, you still end up making money. But if it goes too far outside of the range of it, then you then you lose money. But but you kind of say you you hedge your bet on both sides. Got it. And you said that it's kind of like what you're doing is kind of like the the fantasy football version of the stock market. So if if Zuck is sitting in front of a Senate hearing, does that put like Facebook on injured <laughs> reserve or how does that work? <laughs> Well, it might increase the volatility of uh, Facebook stock, oh, okay. making it, you know, making it, you know, a little, a little more, uh, a little more attractive for an option trader to get in there and to, to buy some of that volatility or, you know, buy and sell the volatility. Yeah. Whatever you say, Ted, whatever you say. <laughs> I don't fully understand it yet, but it's fascinating to learn. I buy like Vanguard total stock market and sit on it for a lifetime. <laughs> That's how I operate. <laughs> and you're like, and you're, you look at it one time, one year, like two years later and you're like, Oh, I forgot what you're doing this. Oh, and wow. then you're like, went oh, up man. and they paid me like <laughs> this a, is a lot more. Dividends. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing this week? Yeah, you know, my week, I, I'm I'm going to pour my concrete countertop tomorrow. Uh, otherwise, the bathroom is, like, mostly done. Uh, I have the, like, all the tiles done, all the tiles sealed, all the shower stuff's in. I recall, you know, I have memories of my past bathroom when I redid the whole drain. And I had to do that. I had to knock away the foundation of the house a little bit to get that in. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it was uh, really a pain. I mean, like, again, we, we're on sand. So the foundation of the house is right. literally like almost three feet wide. And it blew my mind when I was trying to put in that old drain because I had to knock it away and everything. But so so ex explain explain me explain to me the the concrete countertop or is it a concrete sink? So last bathroom remodel, I did a, a bench, mm -hmm. a shower threshold to a walk in shower. Maybe I'll put it up on the website. I don't care. Okay. And then a concrete countertop with underlying sinks. 
This bathroom, I'm keeping the old sink. Okay. Putting in a, a concrete countertop, and I'm keeping the same hole in all that stuff for the old. And I'm keeping the old sink. I'm going to reset the old sink, but I just got new, like, fixtures and such. Okay. But the countertop itself is going to be concrete, you know, much like I did in the master bath. I haven't seen, I, I guess I've never seen your master bath, but how do you get it smooth on the top when it's a concrete counter? It is, yeah. You just wet it as you as you lay it, and as it dries, you. No, 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 no. So what I did was I bought forms. So there's different. You could do like OG. You could do like quarter round, half round. You know, you could do whatever kind of whatever kind of edge you want. Uh-huh. I just happened to use quarter round because I just wanted it to be like a smooth, clean looking, Simple. you know, finish. Oh, so it's upside down. No, you set it upside down, then you flip it. No, that is one way you could do it, though. Oh, uh, OK. That it's funny you said that because that is a way to do a conc- concrete countertop. However, the way I do it, though, is. I get everything set in place and I set the forms and I set, I I put a mesh, like, you know what rebar is for, for like sidewalks, driveways. Yeah. 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 Just to reinforce. Exactly. Well, what this is, it's like a mesh, a fiberglass mesh, you know, quote unquote rebar. And then you add in a fiberglass uh, adjunct to the concrete and it makes it even hold together so it doesn't crack right it holds together even further yeah and you pour it and then there's these forms so then it allows you edges that you can screed across the top to make the perfect like oh okay uh and, and you know there's like a sink form and everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it makes it so when you screed across the top it makes for like a super level even uh, uh form you know, and then you use your trowels and water and you really get it smooth. And then what you do is when it's dried and cured like a week later, then you take like an 80 grit uh, on, on the angle grinder. You take an 80 grit sanding. Oh, you smooth it. You take like a 120. You smooth it. You take like a 240 and then you finish it off with like a 520 grit or something. So it makes like this highly polished finish. Super fine. Yeah. Okay. And then you seal it and you do all the stuff you do. And it's like this beautiful concrete countertop. You know what? I'll, I'll put a picture of my last bathroom remodel. I had it down to the two by fours. <laughs> now, keep in mind, yes, I work as a psychologist in a, in a high school, but I used to work construction and stuff. So, like, I'm not saying anybody needs to go out. Ex-construction, ex-military, ex. <laughs> yeah, I've done it all. Gym of all trades. <laughs> Right. I'm not saying you need to go out and start like destroying your house and say, well, Jim said it was easy, (laughs) but I had the bathroom along with much of my house down to the two by fours and rebuilt things. The shower in there, I wasn't able to use for like the first five years we lived here because there was a leak. And I remember pulling up the carpet in the living room and it was like this water stain. And I was like, whoa, we got a leak. So (laughs) we didn't really shower there until I was finished. I I ripped out like the the tub. I ripped out all kinds of stuff and rebuilt it all. But anyway, (laughs) did you save the Star Wars shower curtain? Oh, for the boys? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a month old. Of course I saved it. No, that's what I'm saying. It was, but it was in that bathroom. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know if you were going to put in glass doors or something there. No, I was going to do, oh my God, it's homemaking with Jim. I was going to do <laughs> glass doors and all this stuff, just like you mentioned. But, you know, I just didn't want to incur the expense. It's a whole bathroom. It's, you know, it's not as. You don't need a steam shower in there. <laughs> yeah, it's not. an. It, it's like the boys. It's guests. It's, you know, it, even if we sell the house, it's not your main bath, right? Like the people who own the house right, will never right. shower in there. Like they need the bathroom I built. <laughs> anyway, man, come on, Ted. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. Come on. I want to cry. This is amazing. <laughs> come on. Yeah. So I so we our first trailer this week is Come On, Come On. An A24. We're huge A24 fans. Huge. I love them. Um, and then Audrey is also an A24 fan as well. Oh, I don't blame her. She'll she she's a future auteur. And uh she loves everything they do. <laughs> she does. She feels it feels like it. 
But this, but this movie, I mean, this movie, this trailer, I mean, it's a short movie unto itself. Oh, the trailer is like incredible. It fails as a trailer. <laughs> okay. How does it fail? <laughs> Cause there's nothing more that I want to see of the, of, of Joaquin Phoenix and this little boy. It's a, it's a short movie. Oh, oh, right. I am, I am fully satiated by the story, the, the song. It has Claire de Lune playing in the background. It has Joaquin Phoenix reciting a poem, a poem, and it has scenes of a father and a son, you know, going through their lives. And, and it's, it is so satisfying as a piece of art unto itself that sure you could want to see the movie but i watched this trailer three times and i don't know that you could do more you could you could sell more of their relationship sure you could plus it out you know and you know whenever they whenever they make short movies and they're like oh this could be a feature and then they make a feature some of those features if you can figure out a way to put a bigger story have a bigger bigger thing in there i mean this thing is so perfectly sized for what it is you know i mean i'm sure the movie's gonna have a coming of age element and of course i'm being a little tongue-in-cheek by saying this is failing as a trailer but but i mean it's so self-contained and so lovely piece of art that it's just a piece of art and ted i agree with you i think on 180 degrees the other side though yeah I think it fails as a trailer, not because it's the full package, though I think it is. I think it fails as a trailer because I watched it a few times, too, and I'm, like, choking back tears. Emotional. I'm thinking of my two boys growing up way too fast. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, do I want to watch this and be a complete emotional train wreck for two hours or however long this movie is? It makes me think like you you did what you needed to do. I got the idea. Yeah. I got the message. I got the emotion. I it's so emotive. I like right. I got it all. I got the emotion. I did I I, I got everything. And as a and as a dad, as is Wa- uh, Joaquin Phoenix. It sets the foundation so so much so that I don't necessarily need to go see it because it just yeah it delivers and it and it and it it delivers on every level the trailer delivers on every level and it tells me Jim you're gonna cry because your kids are gonna grow up faster than you want them to oh God just thinking of that alone. <laughs> We we have uh we have uh Amazon in the house and we have the um we have the Echo in the kitchen and the Echo Show. Wait, what's the Echo Show? Is that something new? No, it's the little it's a uh, it's like the box. You know, I can't say the name of the box. It's right over but here. But they call it Show. You know, begins with an A because it's got a because it's got a screen on it. Is this something new? No, it's not new. No, it's not new. So it's not the little hockey puck. It's just an Echo Show. It has it has a screen on it. Okay, okay. Not the hockey puck, right. Never heard of the Echo Show. So it has a screen on it, and the screen can show you... Yeah, it shows you different things. It'll show you recipes. Bryce is like, save this recipe. And I'm like, okay, dude. So he has like 50 recipes saved on it. And then it runs through a slideshow of like pictures that I've loaded to Amazon Photo. Okay. So it's like the past... 15 years of photographs, you know, uh, oh, and it pulls God. stuff up and I look at the children and they're like, and it has the year and it's like, you know, 2010 and you're like, Oh, <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like, talk about they grew up so fast. You know, it's, I, I, this just today, like the, the TV pauses and we have the Amazon fire TV and it pauses and we're doing, getting dinner ready. And I turn around and there's this picture of uh, Bryce with short hair from like 2018. And he's carrying Mikey (laughs) down the street and looking over his shoulder at me. And I'm taking this picture and I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing? What's going on? You know, and Mike's in there, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I made the comment last week when we had Paul on. I said, like, you're at the teenage years. I'm at the elementary school and and he's starting, you know, and we talked about that. Yeah. Even afterwards, it's like, dude, you know, I even told him, I said, like, just 
enjoy it, you know, because it goes so fast. And now I'm sitting on the sofa every single night. So getting into a little bit of what we're watching, which is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, right? Oh, nice. Nice. So why are we watching it? Because Tim's reading the book and he's reading it to us. He's a third grader. He's eight years old and he's sitting there and he's reading this book to me, you know, and I'm just like, I help him out on some of the bigger words. And yeah, you know, there's a a, a stump or two or, or, you know, a stumper or two, you know, here and there. And there's made up words in there, too. Come on. There's all those. And he crushes it. (laughs) You know, like I said, he's eight years old reading this, this, this like novel uh-huh. yeah exactly you know it's it's one of the things we're sitting there and it's like oh my god you are growing up so fast you know and 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 it's where this movie come on come on comes in where joaquin phoenix is there and his his son is just like the years like it's this it's a snapshot in time and uh right god it's just it's heartbreaking you know right maybe in a good way maybe i don't even know where this movie's going but it's uh it's so it's so heartbreaking <laughs> it doesn't have to go anywhere i mean it could go ex- it could stay exactly where the trailer is and it would be uh equally as satisfying so yeah exactly so moving along the muppets haunted mansion I think you know it's October. I love it's the it. spooky season. It's time. It's time to get into a little Dis- Disney Plus haunt- haunted mansion. Do you need to have done the ride to enjoy or take part in this movie? I don't think so. You don't think so? There are, you know, and I've and I've done the ride at least once, right? It, it's so funny because whenever. No, I really think I've only done it a handful of times. Wait, what? It's one of the rides that I, I, we do, we always do pirates and it's right next to pirates and we come out of pirates and everybody does that. But there are so many years that Bryce doesn't, didn't like to go in there. Too scary for him or what was it? It was a little too scary early on. Okay. Okay. He goes, he goes in now, but oftentimes I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm not into it. I'm it's the one ride that I've I do it maybe I do it once every other year. You know? Wow, I'm surprised. <laughs> but I will often I will oftentimes just stand at the wharf on the way on the way out and I just you know, I use it as my break from rides and lines and, and maybe from the family too a little bit. Don't 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 tell them, but I won't tell anybody. <laughs> I won't tell I won't I won't let I won't tell Anne. She doesn't listen anyway, right? <laughs> It's the one place that I, you know, I've always kind of gotten away. And yet it is so beloved. It has so much detail. It it has so much uh, lore behind it and so many names and and things going on that the the Easter eggs galore. It's just it's full. Uh, it's chocked full of, of of characters. I love the Haunted Mansion. So, so you definitely get both. You get more out of the trailer. You get more. You'll get more out of the movie, having been on the ride and knowing of the ride. I think that that elongating of the ceiling, yes, you know, in that one shot, is that great representation of what physically happens in that first drop room. You know, that I was like, I was like, oh, they used like a filmic theatrical trick to to mimic the the real thing. You know, <laughs> it's, I thought it was an interesting play. You know, and it feels like they're going to have all the characters and and then the Muppets. I mean, this is the this is the genius of brand blending. You know, you have the Muppets, you have the Haunted Mansion for the parks, and then you have Disney Plus. I mean, it's like it feels like it's a it's a it's a win 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 situation. This is this is what Walt dreamed of when he when he thought of his his beautiful flywheel that's up on my wall here. The creative talent and studios, uh, theatrical films. And when you think about it, you have Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. I mean, they're uh, like the foundation of the Muppets. <laughs> they are. They are. Right, right. The room when you walk in where the elongating ceiling takes place. The foundation drops out of, you know, a little bit on you there, right? It feels as, as, as such, right? Yeah, the foundation drops out. It feels as such. Yes. And... You wind up with a haunted mansion 
that is cartoonish, yet extremely frightening, yet realistic, yet you know it's a ride. I think Disney does the Haunted Mansion better than any Haunted Mansion because one of the things when you think about Halloween or something, they just try and do, you know, like a typical Halloween. I don't mean the movie, though. How do they get rid of Michael Myers in Halloween three when he's the foundation of the entire franchise? I don't know. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Don't get you started on that. All right. (laughs) When you think about like Haunted Mansions and everything like, It's not just run at me with the chainsaw. Disney does it better than anybody. And you would think and you would think something like this would be off brand because of the macabre nature of of the death and murder and all that stuff. And yet it's handled in such in such a camp way and such with such lightness to it and such, you know, it has an airy quality to the to the the ghosts and ghouls that it it's on brand. It it is like you said, you know, they've they've done this better than anyone. We where were we? We were we were at Universal Studios and we went to Universal Studios and they have that Hollywood, what is it, horror nights, terror terror nights or whatever. And and we steer clear of that because we're not into like running away from zombies and stuff and like and we were with we were with like Anne was a a teacher back east. So we had some of her, she had students that were her camp counselors during the summer. And when we had first moved here to LA, some of the, these camp counselors came out to LA to visit. Oh, they stalked her. <laughs> and we took them to Universal Studios. So we're with like these teenagers, probably, you know, right around, tw- they're around their 20s, you know. They have this, they have a, they have a thing, they have a, a sign and it says, Come and see the Hollywood sets of movies like Van Helsing and all these movies. And we're like, we're movie buffs. Absolutely. And we're we're movie buffs. So we're like, oh, we'll go see. We'll go walk through some of the sets and some of the costumes and stuff of that. I'd almost go as far as to say you're a trailer buff. (laughs) Well, this is long before we even imagine this. Oh, long before movie trailers. Right. This is we were only laying the foundation for that back in 2004. So we go into this thing that we expect to like walk through a presentation of a museum of of uh, of Van Helsing costumes and things. No, sir. It is a full on. Uh, what do they call them? Fun house, horror house. You know what I mean? It has, it has the people in the walls reaching through and trying to touch oh, you and stuff. I hate. And then that. we and then we were we and that is not at all what we expected. And I'm there with these with these teenagers and Anne and none of us want to be in there. And how do and I get out of here? Through and it's completely dark. And you're like, I just want to go. Exactly. Right. And they're all like stepping on each other. And one girl loses her flip-flops oh. and she's like leave without me leave Just without me and we're like, oh, gonna find this flip-flop in the dark <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna find the flip-flop in the dark <laughs> you know what i mean so we get outside and we're and she's like all right there's a pink flip-flop can somebody go get away <laughs> we had to like flag somebody down to get a pink flip-flop out of there oh the worst the worst <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I mean, Haunted Mansion, it's low-hanging fruit, it's Disney+, Plus. it's kids, it's like, of course we're going to watch it, right? Yeah. The only thing that my family was not happy with was, it's coming out middle of October, you know, everybody thinks October 1st, they were like, alright, let's turn on Muppets Haunted Mansion tonight. I think middle October is, is appropriate, I mean, it's... Yeah, no, it's appropriate, but they wanted to watch it tonight. Oh. And and I said, all right, we're going to... Wa-. So we ended up watching Hocus Pocus. So in other words, last night, Mike went to bed with a Halloween, like, mummy-ish... Uh, uh, I don't even know what the characters were. If you told me, I remember, but I can't remember. Tra- uh, like, uh, Transylvania, like... Um, no, it's the dogs. Hotel Transylvania or something? Or? Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Yeah, Paw Patrol, mummy, vampire-ish, Halloween thing. Okay. And he said, 
I'm going to wear this tomorrow at school. And I said, okay. Uh-huh. Well, why don't you wear it tomorrow and put on PJs? Nope. I want to wear it to bed so I don't forget. <laughs> I said, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> and I said, why are you going to wear it tomorrow? He said, because tomorrow is October 1st, and it's the first day of Halloween month. And I'm going to let my teacher know. Oh, God. Okay, Mike, you go for <laughs> like it. She doesn't. So, know. in other words, I understand why people would expect October first because of how Mike is with his like Halloween <laughs> wear. But as long as it's a few weeks before Halloween, I think it's okay. Yes, I think you get too close to Halloween, you start losing people. I would say this weekend is the first of uh, of October instead of. The third weekend in October, because this is the first weekend, right? Instead of the third weekend in October when you're talking or whatever, it's coming out. I'd say like the second weekend in October. Yes, exactly. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just, you know, the the expectation was just the family just saw it and they thought, all right, October, let's let's get on it. Yeah. And, and I almost, speaking of the season, I almost got a pumpkin spice IPA. Oh. But I steered clear of that because it was 7%. I wasn't going to like deal with no seven percenter i mean why on earth would you do anything like <laughs> under 10 i mean it's just <laughs> single digit abv is not not worth it single digit you may as well get yourself like uh pbr <laughs> <laughs> you love you some pbr okay what have you been watching man what i've been watching are we gonna start with it or are we gonna end with it no let's finish and then <laughs> you know so okay well let me let me start then yeah you start you start you tell me i already brought up brought it up harry potter sorcerer's stone okay so my kids first graders did third graders so six and eight and they decided you know we we tried harry potter a few times in the past and it fell flat and we did and and out of the blue they said let's read the book we're ready okay i said okay we'll read the book so i pulled out the first book sorcerer's stone and i said okay i'll, I'll read it and tim said no i want to read it i said okay you read it so the way we're doing it is He's eight. You know, he struggles a little bit. He's a great reader for an eight-year-old, but, you know, he, he misses a word here and there. So he reads a couple of pages. Then I reread the couple of pages. Okay. To give inflection, to give, you know, just a, to, to kind of <laughs> model how it ought to be read, right? Right. And then he reads... And then I read and then like we're done for the night, et cetera, et cetera. So we're like on chapter three. So he read, they go to the zoo, the glass falls out, the snake leaves, the snake talks to him during the movie. He's like, oh, my God, that was amazing. So we get to the part in the book and he's like, oh, my God, there's that part in the book with the snake and the glass. And he he like loses his mind because <laughs> what he's reading and what he saw they're matching and they're coming matching to up. life. And he's like, it's the same story. And he is so into reading Harry Potter right now. And so he's just uh. like plowing through this book. He and, and I told him, I said, by the time you're done with this book, you're going to be a proficient reader. You're going to go into fourth grade. I mean, obviously, it's being a third grade. You're going to go into fourth grade, like crushing reading. I'm not worried about it. Right. I mean, he's already crushing reading, but he's it, it's so amazing to watch this kid he just comes alive reading this out loud and then we literally go and watch what he just read and he's it's like his mind his brain ex, it's like the top of his head just explodes man. It's like so, <laughs> it is awesome that's hilarious and he and he's still young enough where he can just like take it in and enjoy it. Oh, and you know what? And Harry Potter does a good job of book to screen, you know, as far as matching stuff, you know, matching moments. Especially the first the first few books. Yeah, absolutely. Because when Brett and when when we watched that most recently, Bryce was de is definitely in that mode where he's like he thinks it's cool to be cynical, you know what I mean? Or, or like, oh, that's not the way it was in the book. And, and then we constantly say a movie has to be true to the movie and a book, you know, every, every medium, if they're telling the story has to be true to that medium. Exactly. Of, you know, that, that type of storytelling. So you're not going to have all the same characters. Sometimes you're going to have to combine characters, you know, film, filmmaking is much more efficient 
in in storytelling than than a book has to be. A book a book needs to have a little more flourish, needs to have a little more uh, depth and range and things like that, you know, because it's based in imagination. And books need to be. I mean, films need to be efficient because it's based in uh, visual audio storytelling. You know, it's like it's it's served up to you whole. And movies will do exactly what the book does. But what the book takes an entire chapter to cover, the way they're describing a landscape, the movie can do it in a split second and you never notice that it even happened, you know? And that's kind of the sad part about movies in a lot of ways is so much effort goes into the writing of a landscape that with the, and you see this in, in, uh, the Hobbit, uh, you see it in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You see it a lot in the Lord of the Rings, you know, but I would say, I would say those movies, they spend a lot of time in the scenery and, you know, and like setting up that is true though. Yeah. And, yeah. And showing landscapes and, broad sweeping helicopter shots of things you know so so it's it's amazing to have that when you think of a screenplay screenplays are written no no screenplay is going to spend you know you gotta you need three words or, or two three lines and then you got to get on to dialogue you know what i mean like so so it's it's interesting when you have a book as a basis how much you can you you know your your departments can can lo- lean on the book and not so much on the screenplay like you know the screen the screenplays for the actors and the main camera and things like that but as far as your costume directors and casting and and your set designers they can they can lean on the book and actually look into the book so it's 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 fun what else are you watching? Murder in the Building. Oh, good, good. What We Do in the Shadows, and we finished Ted Lasso, just to give you those three. Do you, you saw Ted Lasso tonight? Wait, there's another one tonight? There's another tonight? Why, you know. Oh, my God. I thought last week was the last one. It felt it felt like the last one. It did. It felt like it was just putting a button in it, you know, putting everybody back on the bus with the fluffy, fluffy slippers. Oh. And you're good to go. But then Audrey said to me, driving home from school today... She's like, there's another Ted Lasso. I was like, damn. So they 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 snuck one in on us. There's another Ted Lasso. Okay, no, I haven't seen tonight. I have not either. Maybe when we hang up here, I'll uh, tell the I'll tell the wife. I know you got to work in the morning, but let's go watch. Hey, there's a Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's only like half yeah, an hour. Sure. We can do that. Yeah. So no, we haven't seen tonight. We haven't seen this week's. Murder uh, in the building, and we haven't seen this week's What We Do in the Shadows. So we are a week late on all three, but I can behind. say all three are completely amazing. I'm sorry, the the What We Do, no, the mur- Only Murders in the Building, cri- critical week this week. It's amazing. But, but the show about podcasts is really well crafted you know as a podcaster and one who consumes lots of podcasts it is <laughs> phenomenal what are the what is it what's the what's the what are the two guys the the bro the what is it the garden bros or whatever oh the guys they met in the gas station <laughs> no garden dogs what are they they're uh... every single time <laughs> every time Something happens. Martin Short brings out his enormous fluffy boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> like, and it's like, and he always has it at the ready. You know, it's like, where does this even come from? And I mean, come on, the star power of Sting and Nathan Lane. Oh, and- <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah, but Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin are star power in and of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and Selena Gomez. And- How about you? What are you guys watching? Yeah, so we're definitely watching that. Uh, I'm watching my Billions, uh, still keeping Billions on the treadmill. And what else am I watching? That's about it. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I picked up uh, the morning show started up again on Apple TV Plus. Oh, okay. S- season two. Season two. Um, so I'm watching that. 
And one trailer we didn't get into is The Witcher on Netflix. Oh, okay. So me and Clarissa are into The Witcher, and I think it was like 2019 The Witcher was out. And man, we've been waiting for season two forever. And season two is coming out in December. And it's, it's amazing how two and a half, three years goes by for like the second season. But I guess that's what you get with COVID times, right? The COVID times. COVID Modern times. times, COVID times. All right, my man. <laughs> how about we uh, get to what we've been reminiscing about this entire episode, the foundation? <laughs> We've been laying the foundation for the foundation. We've been laying the foundation <laughs> for foundation. Yeah. So the long-awaited uh, series on Apple TV Plus, Isaac Asimov, for like fifty years, <laughs> he's been he's been trying to get this. You know, he him and his uh, his estate have been trying to trying to make you know all the fans wanted this made. David Goyer, the 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 showrunner and one of the Batman writers from back in the day, and you know a great TV showrunner. Wow, you did your homework. Well, I just know I'm a big fan of David Goyer, but I can't name. I I, I was I was a big fan, but doesn't matter. You you just you know his name. That's all that matters. Like you- I'm about 14 percent. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was so excited and then this thing got delayed and Lee Lee Pace like are you a Lee Pace fan? You started talking about the Lord of the Rings. He's like um Aragon's father. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, he's he has that big and then he's also the pie man from uh, Pushing Daisies. So we're huge fans of Lee Pace. 100%. And I settle down, I'm I start to watch this thing and and then I'm just like all right, all right. Slow burn, slow burn. That's the first first episode. <laughs> what? You don't like it. And then and then and then I'm like, second episode, I'm like, okay, all right, we're gonna bl- we blew something up. That's kind of cool. That was that was neat. You know what it is, Ted? What is it? You've been watching too much Marvel. You expect go from the gun. Oh, you think so? No? No, I don't no, it's not, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. I think it's the so it's a so there's a I think it goes I think it probably goes to what we were talking about as far as, you know, Lord of the Rings and and the Hobbit and and Harry Potter. This is a thing where fans of the the novel series have done the production of this and as someone who hasn't read the novel series but is a fan generally of Isaac Asimov and and is a fan of of all of the things that have come after this as this is the foundation of yes yeah, Star Wars Star Trek I mean all of it right modern science fiction you know so, exactly everything everything and and for me it, it feels a lot closer to Star Trek than Star Wars because it kind of I, I would agree with that yeah it it kind of dives delves into the more sciencey part of the fiction Star Wars is more fantasy fiction yeah I, I I would agree with that yeah and I appreciate the math thing that she's got going on I appreciate where they put her in that. They basically exile these people to the edge of the universe, you know, rather than make them martyrs. I like the storyline. I like the way it progresses, but it just it lacks the cinematic efficiency that it doesn't need to have that cinematic efficiency. And it feels like it's the it's the same reason I could never get into what's that other the other uh, science fiction series that you loved that I that I couldn't get into. The Expanse? The Expanse. Couldn't get into The Expanse. I couldn't get into Game of Thrones. This kind of has a Game of Thrones feel. I love the idea of three clones being the leader, and one's called Dusk, one's called Day, and one's called Dawn. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I love how, like, as they move through, there's just the next clone who comes up right 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 no it's beautifully it's beautifully modeled out and then even like the art the idea of that moving piece of art the the dusk is is painting and painstakingly like drawing with this bio paint that moves and (laughs) it's like the trippiest paint in the world (laughs) like like i i i i i appreciate it but my cinematic senses my cinematic proclivities 
say like, let's move this story along. <laughs> like, like in all of my screenwriting classes, so I took took a bunch of screenwriting classes. The thing that the thing that they were always trying to teach all of my classmates, and the thing that I never had any problem with was you want to start every scene in the middle. You want you want your audience to be able to be able to clue in to what's going on and to catch up with the action where it is. And in in something like this that's given this much depth and breadth to have to, you know, paint the picture, it's not starting in the middle. It's letting everything play out. Everything's much slower than it has to be in my in my estimation of how to tell the story. But it is a it is a it is a way to tell a story. So I'm in it. I'm just not sold on. I don't I don't know how long I can stay in it when there's so many other things to watch. You said a lot, of course. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, you know, just starting from the beginning, I guess, from what you were talking about, speaking of the slowness of it, in many ways, I can appreciate that because it's telling the story in such a way that is cinematic and narrative. My wife, who is one that read Dune, the entire Dune series, <laughs> yeah. the entire Game of Thrones series and so on, like she just devours all these books. I mean, she is like way more nerdy than I could ever be. <laughs> and, you know, we look at these things and we watch them and I could say I, I, I could say I, on the one hand, I agree with you. I was really concerned with my ability to stay awake through these. <laughs> right. When she's when she's swimming and and counting primes, I'm like this is like counting sheep. It is literally putting everyone, even the most coffeeed up person in the middle of the morning. I watch this on the treadmill and I'm fucking falling asleep. <laughs> All my, you know, and my, and all my family right now is into Harry Potter and redoing and reliving and just re-experiencing Harry Potter, right? Like my wife is especially. She read all the books, of course. Right. But the funny thing is, I thought the first four books, right? I said oh, I only read the four books. Blah blah. Come to realize, I read the first five books. The 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 fifth <laughs> book, I probably slept through. I don't even know how I got through the book. I didn't realize it. <laughs> But the funny thing about it, though, is the movies, I told everybody, I said, oh, yeah, we'll watch them all now, you know, because my kids are kind of approaching those ages. And I said, yeah. I just hope I stay awake this time. That was my comment, because, <laughs> yeah. like, I struggled through all these movies. Game of Thrones, I dominated. I stayed awake the entire time. <sighs> I'm not really sure how to how to broach the subject, but Foundation has me intrigued. I like it. I stayed awake the first two episodes. I I love absolutely love how they have the dawn, dusk, and day uh, empire, and how they refer to him as empire because he is the empire. Right, right, right. I don't know why the middle guy is the most powerful and the old guy is like pushed to the backside. I understand why the young guy isn't because he's still learning. Well, I mean, and to me, of all of all of the relationships and all of the conventions that they have, when you have a rookie cop and a veteran cop in a cop buddy show. Right. I love this. The 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 veteran cop telling the rookie cop how to do this job, you know, from training day on down is amazing, right? So Lee Pace telling telling Dawn how he will need to rule in the future is is just so great because it it is just this it is this honesty of power but why is the old guy like so passive because he's like retired he's just you don't give a he's shit. just yeah he's just like let me let me paint my my lsd shit on the wall yeah, i got you i hope you know i hope that i can do that <laughs> and the middle guy is like it, this is my chance to reign yes he he is he is is the empire at the time and he is the right most powerful. okay i got you and and you know and and he's you know he's he's seeding his future with with dawn i yeah it's it's a great relationship you know like i like reading this kind of stuff 
I've ne- I, I could let, let me preface by saying I've never read any of I. Well, I shouldn't say that. I have read Isaac Asimov. I've never read the entire Foundation series. I've read like I. I, I don't even know. Like it's been like years ago. But what I want to say about the reading part of it is watching this doesn't lay the foundation. If I can say that <laughs> now that we it's in the open. If I can say it doesn't lay the foundation to the extent that I want to watch a slow moving show and then have a a novel or a series of novels of text that are going to be slower moving because it's text. Right. 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 And then like, is it just light reading before bedtime? So I go to sleep or what is it? You know, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think it's getting panned by the critics. I didn't read. All I read was the headlines because I still want to keep. Are they beating the shit out of it? Yeah, I think they are. They're, really? What was it? It was a deadline or something. I forget. Variety or somebody said uh, the sci- the math doesn't add up in Apple TV's new foundate, show foundation or something like Ugh. that. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to hold off reading it. But I will say like as the second episode ended and I was watching other things. When you and I were chatting this week and you said, oh, I watched both episodes of Foundation, so we, we should talk about that. And then I said, oh, I thought there were the third out episode was already out. <laughs> and I said, this is a bad sign when I didn't even like all the other shows like only murders in the building. Like we're chomping at the bit like Wednesday, Wednesday at lunchtime. Sometimes I go in for lunch at 11 a.m. because I'm like Wednesday is the day that we watch only murders in the building because it comes out Tuesday night on Hulu. So I'm like, I know exactly the drop schedule of that. Oh, we're watching Turner and Hooch and Turner and Hooch on, on Disney plus is a great, a great show. And uh, like I said, Doogie Kamaloha, Kam, Kamaloha is also a great TV show. I guess they're both TV shows. Sorry. And you know, we watch the episodes and we watch the episodes till they're all done. You know what I mean? Like they're until we can. not They're gripping. Yeah, they're gripping. And you just want to roll through as many as you can. And exactly. And you stay current. And and now my and now Audrey especially is like, I, you know, I kind of enjoy watching an episode a week. And being able to look forward to Fridays, knowing they'll come out on Wednesday and oh, come out on Friday. Oh, she's old school. <laughs> she, she, she thinks it's quaint. And she goes and she binges Gossip Girl. For, Gossip Girl. You know, a season of Gossip Girl, you know, and, well, when she's on her own. But she's like, oh, the family stuff we can watch every week. And I said, and you'll probably retain more of the stuff that you watch if you watch it every week. And then what? Oh, we're watching Visions. Have you seen any of the Visions of the the Star Wars anime stuff? No, I want to. You should totally watch it. Watch it with the boys. I think the boys can handle all of it. It's there's Visions, and then there's the Marvel like What If? Oh, What If? There's a couple What Ifs. The zombie What If? I would steer the clear of the boys. We had to turn it off. Scary. Yeah, just it's a straight up zombie story. It's like watching Walking Dead with in cartoon it's funny you mentioned that so the boys were watching it's uh oh last kids on earth kid zombie show like disney channel like disney channel zombies but that's more like plants versus zombies right however mike's like i gotta go pee will you come with me i'm like go just go pee he goes (laughs) no i'm afraid of zombies i'm like oh okay buddy i'm sorry so he's like i'm sleeping with tim tonight I said, does Tim know you're sleeping with Tim tonight? He's like, nope. And I said, did you ask him? And I said, Tim, you know, is it okay? And Tim was kind of like put off. Yeah. He's like, but I understand because that was a pretty scary thing. You know, Tim was really empathetic about it. I I get it. It was really scary. And I said, oh, that's nice. What are you guys watching? He's like, oh, no, it's a kid show. I'm like, yeah, if your brother is this freaked out. <laughs> I'm thinking you guys are watching like kid shows and your brother is like, he can't go to the bathroom by himself. He can't even like leave. My- <laughs> you know, like what on earth is it that you guys are watching? You know, so he's telling me and stuff. So I said, okay, I'm going to watch an episode next time. Yeah. So it goes back to what you're saying. I think with what if is it's like a zombie show. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a zombie show. Great. 
But is it just a zombie show or is it like scaring the daylights out of you guys? And like I said, this is this is a Walking Dead level zombie stuff. Oh, you know, God. Have the, the, you have Iron Man open his pull his mask off or somebody pull their their helmet off and they're zombie underneath. So so other than that, I think most of the other episodes of What If are are family friendly. Uh, but check those out. But all of all, we've only seen half of the visions, mostly because Audrey can't watch too many anime things in a row because her head would explode because she can't stand Bryce, you know, geeking out about the anime stuff. <laughs> Bryce, Tim, and Mike are gonna have like an anime like orgy next time they see each other because the boys are. I'm cooking dinner. I look across. I look at the TV. I'm like, anime? Where did anime come from? And then Tim will be like, oh, no, that is totally cool. Like, it's like, you know, he just starts going. He's like anime nerding out, you know? So <laughs> I completely understand that anime for Audrey is like over the over the top, you know? But Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I we covered like. Come on, come on, Muppets on a Mansion, all that we're watching, a million and one yeah. versions of Foundation through this thing. And I think when I listen to this back, when you send this out, I'm going to I'm gonna sit down, I'm going to open up another 14 percenter, Dude. and I'm going to have a drinking contest, and every time we say Foundation, I'm going to take a sip. Wait, did you just say Foundation? <laughs> foundation, Foundation, Foundation. Stop saying Foundation. <laughs> It's like at the end, all you're doing are shots, right? All right, Ted, this, like I said, could be the foundational episode of uh, Trailer Junkies podcast. So, you know, hey, if anybody's going to do a drinking contest with the word foundation, foundation. There's another one. So <laughs> don't don't listen to this driving. Totally. Do that. All right, Ted, you have a good night, man. All right. Have a good one. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.